0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Raise the Apple. We have a little bit to discuss today regarding the Mets, regarding Major League Baseball. So let's dive right into it, starting with last night. The Mets unfortunately fell in via walk-off to the Marlins. Brian De La Cruz with the walk-off hit off Edwin Diaz in the 10th. This stupid, stupid extra inning runner on second rule comes to hurt the Mets again I know a lot of people are going to blame Diaz I know a lot of people are blaming Rojas we're going to talk about both of them in a little bit as to why that is and why I think those people are just simply wrong so right now the Mets and the Marlins are even at a game apiece in this series game three is tonight with Marcus Stroman against Jesus Lizardo so right now series win obviously is what you want right now and if we take a peek at the standings quick it is officially scoreboard watching season, so every night, every night we're we're paying attention to see the standings. Normally, they have them right on the side here. I guess not. I want to just double checking. The Mets did lose, so at the very least, lost a game. The Braves also lost last night, as well as the Phillies. So they did not lose any ground, which is good. Still, four games back in the division. Four and a half back in the wild card. They're at an even 500 on the year. uh, 7-3 and in their last 10 games. This is the time, like I said, this is the time for them to get going. They have this game against Miami, and then that's when things start picking up a little bit with the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Yankees, and then you have the Marlins again, and then you finish off the year in Atlanta. And like we said last time very well could come down to that series in it that series in Atlanta that final three if they're within three games that very well could be a possibility that they're within three games going to Atlanta to finish out the regular season so the season could come could come down to that point I mean obviously you don't hope for that because it's just a lot lot less a lot more stressful when that happens but it's certainly certainly a possibility and That's one of the things about September baseball is it's now magic number season as well. It's scoreboard watching season, and it's magic number season as well. I don't believe the Giants have the best record in baseball. I don't think they have clinched a playoff spot yet. They have to be very close, though, to at least clinching a playoff spot. They won game number 90 yesterday. They're 90-50 and on the year. Who had that? I don't know. But I had um, I looked back at my preseason predictions. I had the Giants winning 79 games. I had them at 79 and 83. They are 90 and 50. So I was very wrong on that, But to be fair, so was everybody else. No one had the Giants winning 90 games this year. No one had the not many people probably had the Giants finishing 500 or better this year. So I'm not entirely too upset about that. They have a two game lead over the Dodgers a 15 and a half game lead over the Padres who've slowed down a lot over the last chunk or so of the season. But nonetheless, let's dive into the Mets. Edwin Diaz and Luis Rojas are on the hot seat right now. Now, why is Edwin Diaz on the hot seat? Simply because people are questioning if he should continue to be the Mets closer or not. I think he should. Why? Simply put, He is, at his best, one of the best closers in baseball. His last year, or second to last year, whatever it was in Seattle, where he saved 60 games, he was lights out virtually the whole year. The Mets gave up a lot to get Edwin Diaz. Cano was in that trade as well, but we all know Cano was pretty much a throw in, and we know how Cano has turned out. Now he's he's still suspended for this year. He shouldn't be back next year. The Mets really don't need him, so they'll have to figure out what to do with him. But the Mets gave up a ton of talent to get Edwin Diaz. And if one of the big names in that was Jared Kelnick. If the Mets win a World Series and Edwin Diaz closes out that World Series, the Jared Kelnick trade was worth it. Simply put, if Edwin Diaz locks down the World Series, that trade was 100% worth it. In my opinion, a lot of people won't say that. A lot of people think, regardless, it was still an overpay or they shouldn't have traded Kalnick. A lot of people already don't like the trading Pete Crow Armstrong and getting Javi Baez in that trade. Mets fans don't like trading prospects. Understandably so, because the Mets right at right now do not have the best farm system. You got Francisco Alvarez, Ronnie Mercusio, uh, Mark Vientos, who's had a great year in the minors this year. Uh, you have uh, Matthew Allen on the rise. Brett Beatty is supposed to be the future third baseman of this team. So there's not too much. There is talent in the minor leagues. There's not a whole lot of it. So Mets fans want to keep what they have. But what a lot of fans seem to forget, from and I forget this too from time to time, to get you have to give. To get a lot of these big name stars, you're not that you can't appeal to in free agency. You have to trade for you have to give up talent to get them. You know, that's why I was okay with giving up P. Crow Armstrong in the Javi Baez trade, because the Mets got cash, Javi Baez, and Trevor Williams, and it only cost of P. Crow Armstrong and that was it. If they want there was rumors that they were trying to work they could they almost had a trade that would have gotten them Bryant, Baez and Craig Kimbrell. Could you imagine what the Cubs wanted in return for all three of those to come to the Mets together. 100% Ronnie Mercusio or Brett Beatty is in that trade. JD Davis is in that trade. Pico Armstrong's in that trade. Maybe Francisco Alvarez is in that trade. To get, you have to give. So I, I understand why Mets fans may have not liked the Javi Baez trade or the Edwin Diaz trade simply because of the talent they gave the Mets gave up for them but if Edwin Diaz closes out the clinching game of the World Series for the Mets, I don't think anybody, I think everyone forgets about that trade. And I think it's totally worth I think it was totally worth it. He also Edwin Diaz himself, he's not going to be perfect every single time. I compare Edwin Diaz in terms of performance a lot to Kenley Jansen. He will go through patches what Kenley Jansen of the Dodgers they both will go through patches where they are just not good, and they're giving up leads. They're coughing up homers left and right. Edwin Diaz didn't give up a homer till like July or something like that. They're coughing up runs left and right. And then there's times where they're absolutely unhittable, lights out, best relief pitcher on the planet. I think Kenley Jansen and Edwin Diaz both kind of have that chip on their shoulder where They've been so successful, but when they do have those hiccups, fans let them know it, and they're very vocal about those. That's why I kind of wished that uh, last year in the World Series, I wish Kenley Jansen got to close it out just to give kind of like a little, like, F.U. kinda to the people who gave him so much crap for when he had his struggles. Same thing with Edwin Diaz. I kind of want, I want him on the mound. I want Edwin Diaz or Jacob DeGrom on the mound. To close out a Mets World Series. If the Mets are to win a World Series within the next couple of years, I want Degrom or Edwin Diaz on the mound for that moment, because I just think those are the two that should be in that position. Just like I thought Kenley Jansen should have been in that position for the Dodgers. However, Julio Urias, he kind of he pulled like a 2017 Charlie Morton where he came in in relief and was just so dominant that Dave Roberts was kind of like, I got it. I got to stick with him. You know, you got to stick with him. Some people would be like, Edwin Diaz shouldn't be the closer anymore. Go back to having Lugo as the closer. Uh, When Diaz was hurt, when Lugo was closing games. Use Familia. Use Trevor May. Use Aaron Loop. Aaron Loop, by the way, complete side note. Only here on a one-year deal. The Mets are stupid if they don't keep him. I hate to be like that, but I'm as blunt as possible, the Mets are dumb if they do not keep Aaron Loop or make it a priority to try and keep him. He even said yesterday, he said, I want to stay here. I hope I've had so much fun here this year. I hope they keep me here. Mets fans want him here. I hope the Mets can make it work a one or two year deal or a two or three year deal or something like that to keep Aaron Loop here. He has ERA just over one. He's arguably arguably been one of the best relief pitchers in baseball this year. But it's kind of flown under the radar because he's not closing game. He's not a closer. He doesn't throw a hundred. So it doesn't get as much attention as it should his performance has not gotten as much attention as it should. But Aaron Loop certainly deserves to stay here. I hope he really does. But that's just me. But a lot of fans want someone else to close games because they just simply don't trust Diaz. Like and like I just said, guys will go through patches where they are great, and guys will go through patches where they are horrible. That's simply just how professional sports works. Unfortunately, that's how baseball works. You're gonna go from hero to zero and zero to hero over the you could over the span of a week very easily. You can it works like that, but unfortunately that's the reality of it. Am I worried about Edwin Diaz? No, because I know when he is. On his on point, he is his pitching is just straight filth, and it is impossible to hit. Last night, pitching to Brian De La Cruz, a lot of Mets fans did not like that decision because you had Brian De La Cruz who's hitting over 300, hitting on deck you had Ysan Diaz who's hitting under 200. So Mets fans are like, why didn't you walk Brian De La Cruz and pitch the Diaz to try and get out of that inning? It's not as simple as Mets fans, not just Mets fans, sports fans in general. Making managerial or coaching decisions in professional sports is not as easy as fans may think it is. There's always a reason to why coaches and managers do things. I've said before, I hate that coaches and managers are the scapegoats. When players don't perform, the manager gets fired, they're the ones to blame for it When instead of holding the player accountable for not performing to where they should be. Luis Rojas has been an excellent manager. Has he made some decisions that I personally have disagreed with or that have completely backfired on him? Absolutely. But you can't sit there and act like that no other manager, no other coach has done the exact same thing. Again, I've said a lot of this stuff before. I'm reiterating it Again, Analytics has played way too much of a role in how a game is managed now. They're relying way too much on analytics. And I think when we look back on it 20 years from now, analytics to me, analytics is a great thing, but it's also ruined baseball. And 20 years from now, when we look on how analytics has changed baseball, we're all going to talk about the same thing. Kevin Cash taking Blake Snell out of Game 6 of the World Series in 2020. Everyone's going to refer to that as the example of this is why analytics ruined baseball or, or has changed baseball is because of that moment. Because managers, a lot of managers no longer have the feel anymore. That's personally why I think a lot of fans had a huge problem with Tony La Russa being the manager of the White Sox. Because he comes from a completely different generation but he's had so much success. Tony La Russa is one of the best managers in baseball history. Statistically speaking, with how much success he's had, he's one of the best in the business. And right now, the White Sox are, leg- are a, a one of the World Series favorites, probably top three World Series favorites for this year in my eyes. And he's got an old, old-school mentality bringing into to a very new-school generation of baseball. But he has the feel. That's the thing. Luis Rojas does have the feel, but he also relies a lot on the analytics. So do a lot of other managers. That's not his fault. A lot of managers rely on this. We don't know the deci- we don't know what the decision was as to why they wanted to pitch to Brian De La Cruz. Luis, Luis Rojas went up there and said that you know they trusted Diaz. They wanted Diaz to. They liked him in that situation. That's a feel thing. That's a feel. Th- if that's the case. If Rojas was up there and said, "I want Diaz in this spot because I think this is where he's meant to be or this is his spot," that's a feel. That's a manager being a manager on feel. That's how it should be. Sometimes being a manager on feel completely backfires on you, like it did last night. The Mets lost because of a walk-off hit. That's just part of the game. You learn, you learn and grow from that. Managers need more of a feel more than relying on the analytics rojas i think is is like kind of in the middle there but that's where a 90 percent not exactly 90 but a majority of managers in baseball are is they have a mixture of the analytics and the feel but it's starting to lead more towards the analytics is luis rojas the guy that's going to take the mets to the world series no idea he absolutely can be i really like him as the mets manager I like that they went in house. Someone who knows, uh, knows how, no, know, who's been around the organization a long time, who knows how everything should go down. Mets fans, some Mets fans want Carlos Beltran back. I do not. I think it would be a horrible look for the Mets to sit there and part ways with Carlos Beltran after the Houston Astros scandal, and then decide to bring him back. I didn't. I thought it was a bad look for the Red Sox to do that. I understood why the Red Sox did it. And I somewhat agree, somewhat disagree with the decision to do it, but I thought it was a bad look for the Red Sox to fire Alex Cora and then bring him back the next year after his suspension was up. I just did not like, I didn't like that. You know, I don't, I feel like firing someone and then bringing them back like a year later, like, I don't know. I just don't really, I don't really like that. Just something about that, it just doesn't seem right. So that's why I don't want the Mets to bring back Beltran. just Something doesn't seem right about that. But I like Rojas as the manager. I've said from the beginning as well, if the Mets do make the playoffs this year, you have to consider Luis Rojas for manager of the year. The Mets have used almost 70 different players throughout the year. There was a stretch where almost 20 guys of their 25-man roster was on the injured list. They were still finding ways to win games. They were staying in first place. I mean, granted, at the time, the rest of the division was underperforming, but the Mets took advantage of that. The Mets took advantage of the division underperforming to stay in first place considering almost their entire opening day roster was on the injured list. So I definitely think if the Mets can somehow make it to the postseason or at least have a winning record this year, I certainly think Luis Rojas deserves some manager of the year consideration. I think right now Gabe Kapler is probably the front runner and will win it. Uh, Craig Council in Milwaukee probably deserves some credit. Dave Roberts is always there. Brian Snicker is always there. But I think right now, if you had a top five manager of the year candidates in the National League, you're looking at Gabe Kapler, Craig Council, Brian Snicker, Dave Roberts, and Luis Rojas. Depending on how the Mets finish, Luis Rojas certainly deserves to be in that at least that conversation. Just like in the AL MVP race clear, cut, and dry, it's going to be Shohei Otani. But Salvador Perez and Vlad Jr., especially Salvador Perez, are very quietly making a case for their own. You know, Vlad Jr. is Vlad Jr. But Salvador Perez has very quietly made a very compelling MVP case. You know, he's got a career high in homers, he's over 100 RBIs, he's hitting almost 300 on the year. He's had a phenomenal year, but you also got Shohei Otani, who's the best thing going right now. So that's my Spiel on it. I I think Ro is Rojas the guy long term. I get we're gonna have no one knows, but I certainly right now I think Rojas is in a great spot to be the guy for this team going forward. What happens this offseason, That's yet to be seen. But for the rest of Major League Baseball, wild card races are heating up. The Blue Jays have won seven straight. They have tightened the gap on. The Yankees. They are now a game and a half back. Imagine being the Blue Jays, like I said last episode, being 14 games over 500 and in fourth place in your division. That's just crazy to me. But then you got the Mariners, two and a half out, Oakland, three out. And then you look in the NL, the Reds are a game back of the Padres. Then you got the Phillies, Cardinals, Mets, all within four and a half games. September baseball. You got to love it. And then yesterday, we also had the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. We obviously did not have it last year because of COVID. This year, we had four members added to the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker with his SpongeBob pin, which I thought was just awesome. So you had Larry Walker, Derek Jeter, Ted Simmons, and Marvin Miller inducted. Oh, there goes my... Oh, jeez. If you're watching on YouTube, my camera just went down on me. Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, Derek Jeter inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Derek Jeter was one of those guys that like all of us grew up watching and I loved his little dig at the writers uh, saying like thank you to all the writers for voting except for the one that didn't vote for me. As we all know because Mariano Rivera right now the only unanimous Hall of Famer. Derek Jeter I don't think Derek Jeter should, ha- I'm probably going to get grilled for this, but I do not think Derek Jeter should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer. I certainly think he should have been in Cooperstown. He was the face of the Yankees for 20 years, but I don't think that he, des- I don't think he should have been unanimous. People don't realize how why there's only been one player in the history of Major League Baseball that has been unanimously inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, I know that some people, there was like a thing that that writer is a Red Sox writer and he did it just out of spite because of the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. I don't buy that at all. I think that's a ridiculous narrative that's being pushed. But I just, I personally don't, I certainly think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and should be a first ballot Hall of Famer like he was. I don't know if he should have been a unanimous Hall of Famer. I mean, Derek Jeter, a lot of people also may not know this or realize this, Derek Jeter never won an MVP. And while that shouldn't matter, in terms of, well, it kind of does a little bit though, because I feel like you, you feel like if you're going to be a unanimous Hall of Famer, I feel like you've got to win an MVP. Now I know right now people are saying, oh well, Mariano Rivera never won an MVP. Mariano Rivera also didn't play every day; he was a closer, so he's pitching three to four times a week, if that. It's hard to win an MVP or Cy Young as a reliever. But every but you can't argue how how just Mariano Rivera was. He's the greatest closer ever. Derek Jeter is he the greatest shortstop ever? That's a that's an interesting argument. If he's the greatest shortstop ever, you look at in today's game. You got you got uh, Tatis and Corey Seager and Correa. You look at all time and you got uh, Omar Vizquel. And I just gotta look up other names because that's just me. You got Jeter, you got Ozzy Smith, Barry Larkin, Omar Vizquel, Cal Ripken Jr., Robin Yount. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. to me, you gotta consider probably one of the greatest shortstops of all time. I know he played third base as well, but the term "goat" is thrown around too much in sports. And, you know, sometimes I'll say it as like a joke, like "lugo" for Seth Lugo. But, is Jeter the greatest of all time? Excuse me. I don't really... I could see the argument for it, but I don't know if I agree with it. I don't think he should have been unanimous. I certainly think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer with how his career ended up. But, you know, that's... I rest. I think it was, excuse me, a great induction ceremony. I was only able to watch the highlights of it. But I thought, you know, it was a great class. I think Larry Walker should have been in probably a while ago, but there are a lot of guys on that list. That I look at that list and feel like they they should be in. And then it makes you wonder who the next met's going to be. We only have two mets in the Hall of Fame, Tom Seaver and Mike Piazza. <clears throat> David Wright in my opinion was on a Hall of, on a Hall of Fame track until his the injuries towards the end of his career kind of soiled it. Definitely think he deserves his number retired. At uh, the number five retired in Mets land, but I don't know if that'll happen or not. Next Met to be in the Hall of Fame right now, it's Jake. It's it's Jake one hundred percent, but I don't know if I'm trying to think of who is retired, who is retired and eligible for Hall of Fame before Jake that would go in as a Met. Keith, if Keith Hernandez ever got into the Hall of Fame, he'd probably no Keith is a hall of Famer already isn't he right i thought he was is he not i don't think he is i have to double check i should know this but i have to i have to double check i don't think he's in the hall of fame is he no he's not if Keith Hernandez were to be in the, did he fall off the ballot He may have fallen off the bat or like his 10 years is up, but like if if Keith Hernandez got into the hall of fame, he would probably go in as a Cardinal. That's where he made, you know, his career was with the Cardinals. He was great with the Mets, but he made his career with the Cardinals. I'm trying to think of who else besides David Wright. Jose Reyes isn't a hall of famer. Beltron? Would Beltron go in as a Met, though? That's what I wonder. If Beltron got. In- Let me pull up Beltron's stats quick. Hmm. If Beltron got into the Hall of Fame, would Beltron go in as a Met? I would think. Wouldn't he? I'm not sure. He spent his seven years with Kansas City, seven years with the Mets, then three years or less with the, everyone else. The rest of his career, I don't know if Beltran would go in as a Met, go in. If he went in, I don't know if he'd go in as a Met or not. But hopefully, at some point, we get some more Mets in Cooperstown. I definitely think that there's an argument for a guy like David Wright. Will it happen? No, just because of injuries. But he was certainly in. He would be in the conversation if he never got hurt. But that's going to wrap it up for this week on Raise the Apple. The Mets got a big series this weekend with the Yankees. That's going to be fun as always. Is it at... Again, I should know this off the top of my head. Is it at City Field or Yankee Stadium? I forgot which one they already played at. It's at City Field. So one more game with the Marlins tonight. Then they return home to play the Yankees. And then becomes the last tricky part of their schedule. It is a huge stretch here for the Mets. Hopefully things worked out we just got to stick behind them you got to believe and we can make something special happen make sure you like comment share subscribe on youtube and apple Podcasts. we're on the hunt for 100 subscribers remember their giveaway at 100 subscribers so make sure you hit that button down below follow on twitter at rta underscore pod uh, also on the track to 100 followers on there we're still growing but thank you guys so much for all the support it is awesome and we will see you guys next week. Raise the apple. Hopefully the Mets are inching a little bit closer to a postseason spot. Should be a lot of fun to see. Let's go Mets. Bang, 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 won't stop till we're legends.